morning. morning. Sounds like we're on. Well, I felt like I need to introduce myself. Uh, (laughs) uh, My name is Randy Stutzman, and I'm one of the uh, shepherds here uh, for uh, for those that... uh, might be viewing or, or maybe here that I, that I haven't met for one reason or another. Um, Mike uh, Manley, as he was doing the announcements, uh, made the comment that this is his least favorite holiday of the year because of the uh, springing forward and losing an hour's sleep. And uh, on behalf of some of us who are a little older, I just wanted to let him know that in a couple of years, that's not going to be a problem because <laughs> you're not going to be sleeping anyway. So... It's, it's, it's no big deal. This might seem like a funny, unusual topic for a uh, sermon or a, a, the thoughts this morning, uh, that uh, have we been blessed or what? And, um, but that, that's what I want to explore with you a little bit. Um, because I would submit to you that we have been blessed. About a a little over a year now, I was having a conversation with my daughter Emily, and she said, "Uh, Dad, I'm I'm worried about this news coming out of China with this virus, and I think this might really be bad. And uh, I said, you know, I've read, done, done some reading on it, and, you know, it doesn't seem like it's going to amount to much, and it's pretty much like getting the cold, and I, I just don't think it's gonna, there's going to be much to it. Um, so if I give you any advice or predictions or anything, feel very free to ignore anything that I say, uh, because obviously I was, I was absolutely wrong. It has transformed the world, not just the United States, but it has transformed everything. And uh, I don't think any of us understood what we were getting into uh, when, when we first heard about this. Uh, I can remember very vividly, a little, you know, a little over a year ago, meeting with the elders and deacons trying to figure out what are we going to do here. And obviously we were entering some new territory. And we said, well, you know, we'll, we'll worship online. Uh, it should only last a couple of months because, you know, this, this will pass pretty quickly. And so we got that one wrong. Um, so we've, we've been in for a, you know, a difficult year, and I, I get that. I get all of that. Some of us have experienced sickness. Some of us experienced financial, job losses, disruption, uh, not being able to travel to things that we needed to travel to, all kinds of things. I realize there have been a lot of disruptions in here that have, that have strained all of us. But I would submit to you that in spite of all of this, we can think about a lot of blessings that we've had. We can think of some good things that have come uh, uh, as, a, as, as a result of this. One of the things that's come is that I realize even more so now that I'm not in control of anything. Um, God's in control. And whatever is going to happen is what he wants to happen. And, and that's, that's a freeing thing to me. Um, been able to spend more time with family. Some of us might say we spent too much time with family, but uh, we understand that in spite of everything that's happened, we've been blessed. Now, one of the things that um, 
has been a result of this that I will tell you is, um, I'll get my clicker out here. We didn't see a lot of things coming. One of the things that I was particularly concerned about, and all of us, you know, were concerned about, was, uh, was this. I have been the church treasurer for over 20 years, and I have been the church treasurer through some, some bad times and some good times and some bad times with this congregation financially. And there was some real concern as to, among other things, what was this going to do to our contribution? How were we going to be able to meet the obligations that we, we have? And so that's one of the things that I want to celebrate this morning. There we go. 2019, our contributions for this congregation were a little over $623,000. Now, that probably doesn't mean much to any of you or many of you. Uh, it, it's just a number. It seems like a big number. But, but I will tell you, that's about where we have been for years and years. It's always somewhere in the low $600,000 that we have to work with. And so we've, we've learned to work within that budget. So the question was, my goodness, this coming year with everything coming up, how, how's that going to be affected? What are we going to have to cut? And just exactly what we were going to do. Let me show you what our contribution was for last year. $664,000. That's an increase of right at $41,000. And I want to tell you, on behalf of the elders, we understand this was done at a time of great uncertainty and sacrifice and a lot of us going out on faith saying we're just going to do this and we're going to let God take care of us. And, and, and that's what we did. And I think that is something to celebrate uh, for us as a congregation. Um, I think we have done something that is pleasing to the Lord. Our 2021 budget is a little less than that. Uh, and if we get more, we'll figure out how to spend it. Don't worry. Uh, but uh, our, our budget is a little over $634,000. Uh, and if you'd like a copy of the budget, see, see me or one of us or, or, or let Aloha know somebody, uh, anyone, and we'll get the detailed copy of that. But uh, uh, here is, here's how that breaks out. If you look in the blue area here, about 424,000 of that 600 and something thousand is, is pretty well spoken for with staff salaries, ministry budgets, classroom supplies, those kinds of things. There's not a whole lot we can do about that number, to tell you the truth. There's another $150,000 that is made up of the building expenses, this. Um, it's, uh, the building is paid for, thankfully, but it's still a pretty big number because we're dealing with some air conditioning units that are 30 years old, and as we all know, Tico kind of likes to get paid every month, and, you know, um, there, there are just a lot of expenses that go with a building this size. Our outreach is about 
$59,000 a year. And that's really missions and benevolence is the lion's share of that. That's really the part that we do have some control over. So as you kind of look at this graph, you see that the big chunk of it is made up of things that are pretty well set, can't do much about the building or the, the, the ministry budgets. But we do have that $59,000 that, uh, that we have some control over. So because of the contributions that we had this past year, because we actually had more contributions than, than we have previously had, that was the reason that we prayed about this as an eldership and decided we are going to have a Sunday that is completely devoted to missions and mission work. And you might ask yourself, why did we do that? Well, we did it for a number of reasons, but one of the reasons we did it is because we're commanded to do it. Uh, Mark 16, 15, and 16, I doubt if there are very many people here that couldn't quote that passage that we are commanded to go unto all the world and preach the gospel. And so all the world we take as meaning all the world. And so that's, that's what we have tried to do. We've also commanded, as we know, to, to try to help those in need where we can. Uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 42 says, If anyone gives a cup of cold water to one of these little ones who is my disciple, truly, I tell you, that person will certainly not lose their reward. We could also turn to uh, Matthew chapter 10, verse 42. Uh, Christ talks about taking care of the sick and the needy and the, uh, and, and the people in prison. Uh, the parable of the sheep and goats. So there's, there's lots of reasons why we need to do this. I wanted to spend a little bit of time with you, if I can get this advanced, to talk about how we decide as a body and as an eldership which missions to support and which missions to not be able to support. Because I will tell you, we get... We get ask for support on a very regular basis. And, there, you know, the reality is there just aren't very many that we can respond to. Uh, so I want, you, I want to make sure that we understand how we go about that and why we go about that. Because this is a difficult, this is probably one of the things that we struggle with more than, more than anything else is in the area of, of uh, missions and, and benevolence. So this is the criteria that we try to use. We try to make sure that we have got a personal connection to the people that we are supporting, that we know who they are, uh, and we are in contact with them either through our visits or, or, or their visits on a regular basis, and, and we ab absolutely know what's going on. We try to make sure that there is, that there is a real need for what it is that we're supporting, that it's not something that, that somebody has support from somebody some, from someplace else, and, uh, and, and, and this is just kind of extra. The, the things that we're supporting, we truly believe there's a big need here. And then we try to look for opportunities where people are unlikely to get support from other areas. So again, it's a, a lot of the people that we support really 
are, are very isolated in what they're doing. And so these, these are, these and some other areas are uh, some other criteria, what we try to do, but these are really the main ones. So what did we do on Mission Sunday? Well, we as a body contributed just under $30,000, which is over twice as much as our normal contribution. And again, we realize in eldership, this is something that we need to celebrate. This is something that we need to be happy about. Uh, we realize that this was a, thank you. This was a sacrifice on many people's part because they saw the need. Many of you made special contributions in my dad's name, and we appreciate that uh, because we know the, uh, the love that he had for, for missions. So what is our plan for 2021 in missions? We want to share this to you because this is something that we, we are together in and we need to to, to, to celebrate and we need to, 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 to really understand. So here's what we're planning on doing for missions this year. This is the biggest mission budget we have by far. The first thing that got us off to a good start, obviously, is, the, is what we contributed for Mission Sunday. Our regular budget for missions in, our, in the budget that we put together is uh, a little over $32,000. Uh, our going out on faith, we've decided, you know, this is important and we've got some big needs. Uh, we're, we're, gonna, we're gonna pray that God pr provides some additional money. So we have, uh, we're going out on faith for a little bit of this. And so we've got a total of $74,000 that we're going to devote to missions for this year. And again, that's, a, um, that's the best we've ever done. So where is it going? Now, a lot of you, you know, keep up with this, but some of you don't. So I'm going to go through this real quickly, what some of these missionaries are doing. And I also want to go through the amounts that are going to them. Because, you know, we could, we could debate, you know, whether these are the right numbers or not. But I will tell you, you know, we arrived at these amounts through a lot of prayer. And, and, and an understanding of what their needs are and what they were asking for. So uh, the Boveas family, uh, family here in, in Tampa with their roots in Haiti, uh, they go, they're retired, but they go back there on a regular basis to minister to some of the congregations there. And so we're providing for some of her travel support. Uh, Ed, Jean-Pierre has been involved in, in, in a lot of this and... Uh, has uh, served as our chief translator when they, when they come to talk to us because my high school French is uh, non-existent. So we, we appreciate that. So we feel that this is a, this is a very worthy thing. Uh, the Benito family uh, in uh, Venezuela, and he has been going back and forth between Venezuela and uh, Ecuador for the last, since, you know, since the pandemic especially. Uh, the Benito family is just, they, they are an inspiration. Uh, when we talk to them and, and hear the hardships that they have just getting from one place to the, to, the, to the other and the things that are going on in Venezuela, it is just very, it just touches your heart 
that there is someone that has got a heart for the Lord that goes through that amount of, 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 of trials to, uh, to, to preach the gospel. So he's doing, he and his wife, uh, neither of them are in particularly good health, but they are, uh, they're just warriors for the Lord. And we are excited about that. And we're sending them about $9,600 this year. Uh, the Mount Dora Children's Home, not going to spend a lot of time on that because most of us are very, very familiar with that. That's a work that we have supported in this congregation for many, many years. Most of us have gone to the banquets and uh, the fundraising. And, and uh, again, you know, we've got a, a command in the book of James to um, take care of widows and orphans. And this is one of the best ways that we know of to, to meet that command. So we have allocated $1,800 for uh, the uh, Mount Dora Children's Home. And again, this is, this is in addition to what many of us do uh, personally, I know. A lot of us are familiar with the uh, Maracaibo uh, work in Venezuela. And this actually came to us. This is a neat one. Uh, this came through, uh, for, uh, to us through our sister Yenis, a Moravian and uh, actually through her mother that many of us have met when she has, has visited here. And she became aware of a need and we became aware of a need of the children in this town that just didn't have anything to eat. Again, we look at the political situation in Venezuela and the effect that that has had on, on everyday people and it just, it just tears our heart out. So. We have been able to, to uh, support that with, with sending some uh, funds for food. Uh, the good news about that, and the thing that, that, that we love about this, is that they have been able to use that as a way to entice children to come to get something to eat, but also to learn about Christ and their parents. And so they have grown spiritually and in numbers through this, this hardship by being able to take care of some physical needs. And, and uh, there are about 100 children that are, um, that are affected by this, and I'm sure there could have been 100,000 if we had the funds to do it. Uh, the next one here is the Kandikar, uh Bible School in South India. And this is the one that George and I have have visited a couple of times. This is Brother Prasad and his, his two sons, uh, Paul and, uh, and Davis, that are, we're supporting in this work. And, and this is one, I wanted to show you this picture because I wanted to give you an appreciation of, of, of really what's going on in there. Uh, there, they are in southern India in the province of Anwar Pragash. Uh, I think I'm pronouncing that pretty correctly. And uh, it's about 100 million people in this province. And there are about 300 churches that Prasad and his sons are in contact with on a regular basis. Uh, and, and a lot of it comes through this preaching school where they come to this one of the larger cities in the area, Kandikar, uh, to this, this preaching school. And... Um, George and I have, have spoken at this, at this school several times. That is, that's in the lower right-hand corner. The person smiling is uh, Prasad. And um, again, we can't say enough about the work that is being done there. Let me tell you something that is really exciting that is going on there. How many of you 
back that have been Christians for a while. When I, when I talk about the Jewel Miller film strips, how many of you does that ring a bell to? Look at that. If, 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 you're, on, if you're looking at home, that's, that's most of us uh, here. I can't tell you how many times I sat through growing up, all of us sat through a, a Bible study with the Jewel Miller film strips. Um, Tim memorized the Jewel Miller record. He could, he could tell you every word, he, you know, as you probably noticed, he's got a pretty good memory. Uh, but I sat through countless of those. The reason I mention this is because the last time George and I were there, uh, Prasad said, we need a way to reach more people. And so George and I are thinking, well, we're going to do some high-tech thing. We're going to, you know, get internet access, and we're going to do some online. And Prasad said, wait a second, you don't understand. We're going to villages here. They don't have the internet. They don't have anything. We need something in writing, uh, some, some paper. And, um, and so George mainly uh, worked through the Jewel Miller Foundation to take their Bible studies allow them to be translated into the Telugu language, and they are being printed in Kandikar and distributed to this whole region, to hundreds and hundreds of churches. And there are people that are being reached for the gospel, just like here uh, years ago. There are people that are being reached for the gospel through that effort, and that's, that, that's exciting. So... This is a big number that we are contributing to, um, to South India, but uh, that's, that's one of the reasons that we think it is being used very, very effectively. The Siwa, again, many of us, uh, many of us have been there, uh, actually, have, have uh, gone with um, Beulah and Eric uh, McHale. Uh, again, uh, for those of you who, who don't know, this came to us through our sister Beulah McHale, who... Uh, grew up in India, and her brothers are the ministers that we are supporting there. And this is just a, a good work in a very difficult area. Um, and so we are, we are excited about supporting that. Brother Ayres uh, in Trinidad is actually an acquaintance and friend of, um, of Robbie, uh, John, and uh, Joanne. And he has just finished recently his schooling at Harding University. The plan was always to go back to the Caribbean to, to minister there. And, um, and so we helped support him while he was at Harding and are continuing to support him in the Caribbean. So, um, so we're excited about uh, the work that uh, Brother Ayers is doing there and, and the a, uh, amount that we're able to, to give to him. And then the last one on the list here is Brother Rabson. Uh, and this came, now you talk about a God thing. This is how this came about. Keith and I went to the Ukraine uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, and that's a whole other story. But this was a, a, a mission trip of, of, uh, of sorts. And Keith met Brother Rabson. And uh, Brother Rabson was from, you know, uh, Africa. And... Turns out he is going back, he has gone back to Uganda. So we are contributing $1,000 specifically to purchase Bibles in their language 
uh, for him to distribute. So, um, you know, these needs come through all kind, in all kinds of ways, but, you know, they really come through God. And God has put opportunities in our path that uh, we have really stumbled over more than anything. I don't give us any credit for this. So those are the ministries that we are contributing to this year, and we're really excited about that. No matter what our situation is, I am convinced that in this country we are blessed. We are blessed in ways that we can't even imagine. I took this picture on our, uh, one of our trips to India, and I will tell you, this isn't, this isn't the best house, and this isn't the worst house in the villages. This is sort of in the middle. We would consider this to be kind of a middle-class house. Um, in Matthew chapter 19, verse 16 through 30, we have an account of a young man that had a question for Jesus. And we think of this man as the rich, young ruler. This guy had a lot going for him. First of all, he was rich. Secondly, he was young. Third, he was a ruler. So, you know, in three words, we know quite a bit about him. And he wanted to know from Jesus, what do I need to do? You know, what, what, what am I doing that I'm not doing? Jesus said, you need to keep the law, and went on to explain the law. Rich young ruler said, that's great. I'm in. I'm keeping the law. I'm, I'm, I'm doing well. Christ then told him, what you really need to do then is to sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, go sell your possessions and give them to the poor, and you'll have a treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. I believe that the major difficulty in reaching many people in this country for Christ is because we have great wealth. Many people don't see the need for a savior. You know that. You invite people to church and they say, I'll get around to it, but you know, not, not right now. Because things are going pretty well for them. Do you agree with that? That's, that, that, that's been my observation. The difference in these countries that we are going to on the mission field is that by and large, they need a savior. I will tell you, getting to know these works, they are not going to the, the rich in these countries, of which there are some. They are not going to the middle class in these countries, of which there are some. They are going to the poor. And when you talk about poor people in, in these countries, you're talking about poverty at a level that we just don't understand. George and I, uh, this came to mind when I was putting this together. George and I uh, were traveling around with Prasad, and we went to a village, and, uh, and Prasad said, first of all, we're going to go to the outcast part of the village. Now, when you go into the village, the, the nice part is not what we would consider, you know, nice. 
When you go to the outcast part of the village, this is where the lowest class lives because that's where they've got to. So we went to visit, you know, this preacher at the, at the outcast part of the village. Then he said, now we're going to go to the outcast of the outcast part of the village. So this was where the outcast sent people who weren't even an outcast. It's just hard to get your mind wrapped around. The reason that these efforts are effective is because so many of these people understand I need a Savior. I don't have anything else. I need the Lord in my life. And that's the reason that, um, that so many of these, these works are, are bringing fruit. And, you know, I think, it's, I think it's a fair question to ask, you know, why, why can't they take care of themselves? You know, why, why can't they support their own ministers? And why can't they support their own travel? And, and that kind of thing. And, and, and the simple answer is because they don't have anything. Because they are the poorest of the poor. They are the outcast in their society. But you know what? God sees them exactly the same way that he sees us as a soul that needs to be saved. And so that's the, that's the exciting thing about all of this. People are being blessed by what we are doing at Bay Area. John chapter 4, verse 35 says, Don't you have a say? This was right after he had uh, talked to the woman at the well. Um, he said, Don't you have a saying? It's still four months. This is Christ talking. Don't you have a saying? It's still four months until harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe for harvest. I grew up on a farm. I understand when it's time to plant and when it's time to harvest. And when it's time to harvest, you don't have much time. You've you got to get it while it's there because it doesn't just sit there waiting for you. Christ said, don't you understand the fields are white unto harvest? These areas that we are talking about, these fields are white unto harvest. These people need the Lord. Tim used the uh, illustration uh, a while back, and I'm going to use it again, uh, of a little boy that's at the beach. And uh, during the night, this uh, storm had come up and just you know, deposited tens of thousands of starfish on the beach. And uh, this little boy is taking a starfish and throwing it in the, in the water. The guy comes along and says, son, you, you're not making any difference. You can't, you can't possibly make a difference. There's just too many of these things on the beach. And a uh, little boy picks up one, throws it in the, in the water and says, well, I made a difference to that one. <laughs> we're not changing the world here. We're, we're taking... We're helping a very small percentage of the people who need help, both physically and spiritually. But we're making a difference to those people that are being reached. 
And um, I will tell you, I am proud of this congregation. I am proud of you for the support that you have given to this effort. And I know that God is pleased with what we are doing. Will you pray with me? Dear God, we know that we have a responsibility to take the gospel to the world. We know that in many, many ways we fall short. We, we, we can do so much more. But dear God, we know that, that uh, we are taking some steps. We ask you fervently to bless the, uh, the monies that have been collected here. The, we ask you to bless the works that is being given to. We just ask that, that much uh, fruit come from this harvest. Uh, we pray this all in your name, Christ's name, amen. Again, thank you for your contributions. Thank you for your support. Thank you for everything that you're doing and keeping things going in this, in this difficult time. If you've got anything that you need to discuss or talk about or, or help or whatever, uh, make sure you talk to one of the elders, whether, whether you're here or online or, or whatever. We've got ways to do that online. We've got ways to do that in person. Uh, we want to make sure that, that we're ministering to, to, to everyone that, that, uh, that needs you in a special way. Thank you, and God bless you.